What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to How to Struggle as an Entrepreneur, episode nine. And this week, I have another special guest. Special guest, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Patrick Ladonis. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just lifing, <laughs> adulting. <laughs> okay, um, one of the hardest jobs in America. Right, right. Um, other than that, um, you know, just we just out here like us all, just trying to live out the dream. How has your uh, twenty twenty three been? You know, I cannot complain. Twenty twenty three has actually been. It's been pretty good. Uh, I would say that it's probably. If I had to rate it, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Okay, 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 okay. Any, um, so as a, before we jump into it, like, being a actor, writer, producer, all of those things, 2023, is there any new shows that you haven't seen before or that are new that you just got hooked on? Any scripted shows? Let's see. Oh, gosh, there's a lot. Uh, I just started watching Harlem on Prime. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I I did drink the Kool-Aid. I fell in love with White Lotus. And uh, let me see. White Lotus, Harlem. Riches on Amazon Prime. Okay. I'm just watching Riches. And that's kind of it. I can honestly say I don't watch... I don't watch a whole lot of TV for the most mm-hmm. part. Same. And I hear a lot of people in the, well, I hear it a lot in the entertainment industry. A lot of people, a lot of us don't watch TV. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. Um, just me being like in a web reality world, I don't really, you would think that I would be obsessed with reality TV and I'm not. I actually can't stand it. Can't stand it. Oh my it. gosh. Not any of it? I, uh, no, I think, you know, uh, my boyfriend, he got me hooked on uh, watching baddies. It's just, it's so it's, it's such trash TV that it's actually, I'm like, wow, this is actually kind of, it's so bad that it's kind of good. <laughs> but other than that, no, I don't, um, I don't watch it at all. Because before, um, you know, before stepping in front of the camera, I got my introduction to entertainment, to the entertainment industry, working in production on reality TV behind the scenes. And that's when I was like, okay, yeah, now this is, mm-mm. so now, um, yeah, besides that show, yeah, I don't really watch um, reality TV. Oh, and see, now now I'm intrigued. I want to know what show that you, what reality show that you work on in production. <laughs> so the <laughs> so the one that just like really I was like uh uh-uh. uh growing up hip hop man oh yeah I've seen that man 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 oh my god and this was like before I even moved to Atlanta I had got the gig and I was um I came down here and it was also um it was also a chance for me to you know kind of see Atlanta before I moved here and stuff like that. And I came, I was just like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to be working on a reality TV show, all this other thing. And I get there, and it was, all the horror stories that I heard before, it was that times 10. It was that times 10. And they really, like, you know, it it really doesn't matter, like, 
you know, who you are. They put you in these situations. And I even see it kind of like now with me being on a smaller scale, being on a web reality show. I see it, but, you know, you get put in these situations where it's just like, you know, you'll be told one thing. And then once you sign that contract and it's time to do it, it's just a whole nother thing. It's just a whole nother thing. Um, But yeah, that was, and I also had worked a little bit on Love and Hip Hop. And that was. Oh, dude. That was trash TV at its finest. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, this might need to be a part. I might need to have to interview (laughs) you because I feel like there's some dirt I need to hear, especially with that show. But okay. Oh, I get it. Oh, oh, God. It is so many. I I, I would like sit around and I would tell my friends, especially like my friends who like watch these different shows, because just being in the industry and you know, having, you know, I got, I know people that worked on, like, Real Housewives and stuff like that. The stories that I'd be telling my friends, I'm like, y'all have no idea. Like, you know, we're, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get into you, but I do want to say this, you're, this is gonna blow your mind. One of the most interesting things that a lot of people don't know, like, they'll see, especially when it comes to the reunion, for Love and Hip Hop specifically, those people get there at, around like between 6 and 7 a.m. And they are there all the way up until 2 or 3 a.m. And they are kept in their dressing room with a guard at their door 24-7. If they got to use the bathroom, if they want to get some food that's not in their dressing room, they have to ask. And the guard that is in front of their door, they have to get permission from like the head security. And the head security has to get permission from the producer one of the producers that is just so crazy you're oh, never alone hell no that's why there's always drama because i if i've been sitting around since seven o'clock in the morning I'll, I, i'm gonna come in hot i'm gonna come in ready to, mm-hmm. to throw a chair or two mm-hmm. they like they will sit you like you get it, it's like it's meant it's like real psychological you're meant you're like you're sitting in this room where there's like especially when they would do it at tyler perry studios the dressing rooms, uh, a lot of the dressing rooms for, you know, if you're not like a big star at Tyler Perry Studios, it's really like um, uh, an empty bedroom. It, it'll drive you crazy, literally crazy. And you got to sit there the whole time and you're dressed up hair, make up these nice outfits and you can't go anywhere. No. And you're monitored 24-7 and you're giving alcohol, 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 alcohol. <laughs> It's just bound for situations to happen, so. <laughs> yeah. But enough about that. So uh, for our listeners, tell them a little bit about you. Tell them a little bit about Patrick. Sure. So, wow. Um, Patrick is, I'm pretty laid back. I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty, I... I, I just, you know, give me a glass of Prosecco or a vodka club <laughs> soda and I can just chill. Give me a good playlist and I'm pretty cool. But I will say that in all honesty, I'm a creative just like you, just like your listeners and everything. So I'm always kind of thinking about like what's next. How can I step my game up more creatively? I mm-hmm. like to say I'm a screenwriter. Uh, the word that I think that people were using years ago, a few years ago, multi-hyphenate. 
So mm-hmm. when I, like you said just a little bit about me, the producer, the content creator or showrunner for my for my web series. And I, you know, I've been in Atlanta for quite some time. I'm not gonna say how long because I feel like your listeners would be like, "Oh, you interviewed this old man." <laughs> but I've, I've been in the, I've been in the ATL for a long time, and I've seen Atlanta change a lot. So I was, mm-hmm. I'm also, I'm pretty stylish, you know. Way well, I used to be real stylish before that thing called um, the pandemic happened. <laughs> I lost focus on trying to dress because it was like nowhere to go. But right. yeah, so just when I, you know, who I am, I'm just, I'm just a laid back creative that is a decent human being, constantly, just constantly on the move. Folk, I love to travel. I love to uh, go out to dinners. I love to do small social gatherings, and it's nothing like a mm-hmm. rooftop party to get the day started and uh absolutely yeah but for your listeners i want them to know too something else about me i've done the cuff it challenge twice and i'm pretty good at it so that makes me somewhat <laughs> i will be I, I i wanted to do it but see i'm not that good of a dancer unless <laughs> i have like a couple of tequila shots i need some tequila shots and then i can get moving oh then that's um, when you turn okay turn up with tequila all right yep yep and here's here's one thing. Here's something that is so dope, right? And I always tell people this. I talk about this with, like, other guests and, um, you know, like, just different friends in the industry. You know, the one thing about, like, you never know who is, like, watching. Especially nowadays, you know, we feel like we have to have a certain amount of followers or whatever to be, you know, to, you know, feel good. And right. it's like, but you never know who's watching. Um, so when, you know, me and my boyfriend got together, who's also on your show, um, when he told me about it and he was like talking about the show, oh yeah, I'm on the show. And then he told me about the creator. I was like, I know that show. I was like, and I know Patrick. I I don't know Patrick, but I know of Patrick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, I've been, following, I've been following you. Huh? I was about to say, uh oh, what you hear? What you know? Oh, <laughs> no, nothing like that. No, no, no. I just know you from. I just know you from Scales. I don't know how it came. I don't know how it came across my path, but um, yeah, I started following you like a a, a while ago. This is probably about when I first moved here. I won't say when I moved here, just in case you've been here, been in Atlanta for that long. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, and so yeah, I already knew. I just I I never had the chance to like sit down and watch it fully, but um, that's how I knew who you were already. And he was like, "Oh, you're no?" I was like, "Yeah, of course." Oh, so. nice, 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 nice. Well, I, well, I'm well. Your boyfriend, I'll I'll say it. Your boyfriend is absolutely one of my favorite humans, and I truly love having him a part of the show and working with him he's he's awesome 100 awesome. dope 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 i love that i love that okay so let's so you know you say you write you produce you um you act when like what have you like even when you were younger did you know that you always wanted to be in the um, you know, filmmaking and you know, TV producing. Do you did you know you always wanted to be in that world? Yeah, a little. 
Yes and yes and no. And I'll say the yes because I I, I was I when I was a teenager I was in a movie and I was in a time McKeel with Samuel Jackson, Sandra Bullock, and Matthew McConaughey. Who coincidentally mm-hmm. I think Matthew McConaughey and Sandra Bullock both are Academy Award winners. Samuel Jackson appeared in like hundreds of films. So mm-hmm. having having an opportunity to be a part of that movie sort of let me know that I did enjoy the experience. I got a chance to come on set, hang out with the late Joel Schumacher, who was the director. And I was like, this could be my vibe. But mm-hmm. I, of course, I ended up going to college afterwards and totally got a little bit misdirected because I started focusing more on the career side because as you know this industry entertainment industry is it's hard and there's a lot of rejection Mm -hmm. it's a lot of rejection and I was never a hundred percent sure if it was gonna be my thing and in college I mean I did shoot a couple of small independent horror films I was actually the first student to make a film on campus, which is pretty dope, but I didn't mm-hmm. think it was going to be anything beyond that. I was like, after college, and you graduate, you go to, you find your job or your career, and you get into it, and that becomes it. And literally, I thought, I thought that was just it. Like, uh, I think it's Langston Hughes that the poem "A Dream Deferred." I just thought it was over <clears throat> at that moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Who was like your, you know, like, like, who did you have like a, a director or like a actor like that you just, or like, yeah, did you have like a director or like a producer or that, you know, created projects where it just like motivated you? I, I did. And so the story, fast forward to literally 2017, the person that just became sort of the, role model in my head was Issa Rae. And at the time, I hadn't even seen Insecure. I had saw the web series that she had. And then mm-hmm. I started to read about how, and I think Insecure was already in season one. So I started, I didn't have to catch up, watch some of those episodes. And I think that's where I got the term multi-hyphenate. And then there's James Bland with Giants which was an amazing web series. I got to meet him in person in 2018, I believe. And it was something about meeting both, meeting James Bland and hearing Issa Rae's story about creating your the content of a web series, $50 budget, all that fun stuff that inspired me to be like, even as a mature creative that I was, that it's never too late. And I just decided... It's time to do it. So Issa Rae and James Bland would definitely be two two people that were role models to me and influenced the work of being a multi-hyphenate screenwriter, filmmaker, actor, showrunner, all that fun stuff. I love that. That's so dope because I know, like, for me, um, yeah, when it comes to the whole, <laughs> like, uh, like it being in the entertainment industry, but when people ask me, I'm just like, yeah, I don't really have one thing because I just do 
I'd be having like my hands in like so many different pots. Yeah. So I just I, I just tell people I'm like, yeah, I I just work in the entertainment industry. Um I didn't get into like actually like writing, like trying to write projects around until I came across Shonda Rhimes. Ooh. And I was like, damn. I love the way that she like tells stories. Cause I'm a I like watching things that are like really it makes you think. Mm-hmm. You kind of gotta go back. Sometimes it's not in order. It's like a, you know what I mean? It's just like, a, it's just done in a very psychological type of way. So, um, yeah, she was one of the people I was just like, man, okay, maybe I can write a little bit crazy and create a masterpiece out of it. So that's dope. That's dope. Um, what was, you said the the first project that you worked on was a, a horror film in college? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the name? I do, actually, because I, I, I still have the script. And listeners mm-hmm. out there, I'm not a hoarder. It's just a, it's a special thing for me. But it was called When Evil Awakes. Okay, okay. What was it about? <laughs> okay. Sure. It was, it was set, of course, it was set on a college campus. And it was, the premise was a college student discovers that her father one when he was at the college when he went to school they covered kind of like a mm-hmm. I know what you did last summer but more of a I know what you did on campus type of thing and the kill okay. was never like found and it was very cheesy and I, I, I'm gonna have to really make my I'm really gonna have to age myself because I have to say that <laughs> it was very guerrilla style filmmaking, and that's something I learned from Spike Lee and like do the right thing, and she's got to have it. So that definitely puts a date on me. But it was, it was, it was great because the whole campus showed up to the premiere, and we had like a red carpet. I had limos. I had it was on the cover of the Ooh. local paper. I was on the news because again, it was the first for our campus to ever have something like this. And I literally generated a lot of buzz about it. And I think that kind of carries over into my show that I did, that I've been doing now because we had a red carpet premiere. We had the limo. It was like fast forward living out your dreams as an adult, kind of, I think. Mm hmm. Okay, okay. That's dope. That's dope. I love that. I, 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 a college project? You had limos and that's insane. That's dope. It was that hustle. It was dope. hustle. It was it was persuasion. I was hustling. I didn't have to come out of pocket. I was just pretty much saying, Hey, I'm a poor college student. I had a passion. We can promote your uh limos on the programs because there's, you know, graduation, there's homecoming thing events. Maybe people will want to use it. Like I bartered for everything. I, you say, see, I need to. <laughs> uh, I can't wait till I get a team. I need some like hand claps right there because <laughs> people always think that they they get so discouraged, and I'm a victim of it too. It happens to all of us at some point. But um, a lot of times we get discouraged because we feel like we can't obtain something because you know we don't have you know, what we think we need to have in order to make it happen. And it's just like, you know, sometimes if you just take a risk and just, you know, try to 
like you said, you were telling them like, hey, I promote your thing in this and da da da. So it kind of works out for both. And what's the worst they're gonna say? No, then it's a no. It's not the yeah. end of the world. So I'm glad that you said that. That is dope. That's dope. So now let's get into scales. Excited to talk about that. All right. When did you? Okay, hold on. First, what? Uh, how did the name come about? Scales. All right. So, so the origin, the title for scales. Well, actually, let me tell you what even sparked me to even really get into what what sparked this moment of scales. So uh, mm. every year, my best friend and I, we go to Barcelona. Um, and 2017, August, I'll never forget it, August 2017, while we were over there, there was a terrorist attack. And it could have been life-changing for all of us because we were like in the middle of all of the chaos that was happening. And I remember my best mm. friend saying to me that we only get like this one life to live and you for years have always been talking about how much you miss not being able to write and do your filmmaking and all that kind of thing because literally the day before the terrorist attack happened we were on the beach and i was talking about how in college i used to do films and stuff and i was like oh but now you know you're in your 30s you were like man, that shit is over with. It, you know, people would think I'm having a midlife crisis if I tried to do it. And after, <laughs> after right. that, uh, after that sort of brush with death and everything, we could, the city was kind of on lockdown and I had my computer and I just started writing. And I remember what Issa said that you have to, usually you write about experiences. That's those where you can get your best stories from. So I started to think about how my friends and I were, uh, in scales is loosely it's loosely based on when I was young, single, and hot in the city, and so I <laughs> didn't have a title. But at the time of 2017, as we all know, there was a, a certain individual that was in the White House, and the world was kind of very chaotic. And I remember mm-hmm. just saying, you know, with the terrorist attack happening, we have a lot of things happening in in our government, all we're trying to do is just balance. And I looked Mm -hmm. at the logline I had written for the script, and it was like, um, Remy Howard tries to juggle friendships and love despite the complications of life on um, unbalanced territory because sometimes sometimes your heart outweighs your logic. And I said, you can weigh everything like when you go to the grocery store, you, you weigh your food and it tells you how much it costs. But the one thing that you can weigh is your actual heart. And I said, you do that with a scale. And then I said, scales. And I told my best friend, I was like, I've written this script and I think I'm going to call it scales. But actually, I had the scale. And then I was like, you know what? No, the scale mm-hmm. is, is too, it sounds like a like the X-Files. And I was like, I want this to be like a insecure slash Noah's Ark slash queerest folk type of vibe. And then I was like, it needs to be scales. And it, it, it bit. And that's what happened in 2017. I sort of gave birth to this show called Scales. 
That is so okay. So <laughs> here's something that's interesting, right? Before I actually watch it, because I did watch season one and season two. Um, when I seen kind of like the um the the poster for I think it was season two. We guys, it was season two. We guys were in season all one. Black. Season one. That's season one. Yeah. Season one. Okay. Um, that was the uh, poster I seen. I remember I seen that, and then like I seen, uh, I seen scales, and in my head immediately went to. I was like, oh, that's a cool name. It's, it's like you know, like snake scale, like scales is like dark and mysterious. And hearing you just kind of, I'm like, oh, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> but that is that's dope. I um, that's a really great backstory. That's really deep. Um, wow. Okay, so, you know, writing it, I know you said loosely, you know, it's kind of like based off of when you were younger, like how much of what happens in Scales is actually based off of what happened in your now, young see, years? I didn't know this was a Wendy Williams interview, but um, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, I, I will say that season one, a lot of season one is based on my younger years and as as well as some of the stories of my friends when we were in college there's mm-hmm. like there's kevin keller who is in the opening it's remy and kevin keller you see that relationship that that dynamic is definitely sort of a real situation ship that i was in years and years ago and then the mm-hmm. sort of I people make him a villain, but he's not a villain. But Dr. Sean is loosely based on someone from my past. <laughs> and uh mm. the other characters, David Ramos, that uh your 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 boyfriend plays is also based on one of my really good friends from undergrad. And we used to just, mm-hmm. we, were, we always had each other's back. We always had these misadventures and dating and all that kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, it's season one was very, very sort of cathartic because a lot of what ha- there was, you know, there was a scene at the, there was a party in, in real life. It was sort of, it was a birthday party and <laughs> it was a birthday party. And it was like the guy that I really had started to like was there and I came with him. And then someone who I had a situationship with showed up and it got very messy. And I ended up kind of missing out on the person that I was really vibing with. And that's kind of what happened in season one of scale. That's um that's some real world <laughs> shit. I remember when I seen it and I was like, that yeah. happens. We've all been there. Yes. <laughs> and if you haven't been there, you haven't lived. That part. Yes. <laughs> that's just how I see it. We've all been there. But that's that's great. That's great. And so now you guys are working on season four. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Because on no matter what scale. It is no, oh, see, the no matter like what it. scale. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Um, and then especially, you know, us as creators, you know, we don't have these big budgets, we don't have a big machine behind us. So, you know, it, we have to work ten times harder to, you know, make shit happen. So congratulations on you guys working on 
season four. Um, what that would like what without giving too much, what can viewers expect from season four? I will say that the first the first thing about scale and the web you know scale the show in general. When I decided we were gonna make season one, and once I found the right people that understood the the story I was trying to tell, I was gonna shoot it the way I wanted it to be shot. I said, I don't care if the acting is shitty as fuck, but I don't want it to look like some bootleg ass shit. And the, you know, the team Zane and Shirley and Jacob, visually, I I loved how scales looked. And it didn't look cheap. It didn't look, it didn't look like a low budget project. And so that became one of the sort of hidden, not even hidden, but that to me became like a character of scales because each season we tried to get better and better with the production quality. So season one looked really good. Then season two, we got smarter and bigger, better equipment, lenses, crew, etc. And season three, we stepped it up a notch too with bigger and better production value and quality. And for season four, as we are, again, going to be sunsetting the show with season five, I w- season four will have not only amazing uh, cinematography, but there's there's some there's some juicy shit happening with season four. In season four, I just decided to put it all out on the table and be like, you know what, I'm gonna let people see some other things that happened in my sort of real life when I was young, and we're gonna explore some really interesting situations that are gonna happen with. The character I play, Remy, and then David Ramos, who's Remy's best friend. Mm-hmm. And I, I think viewers are going to be like, one, what budget, What kind of budget does this independent project have? Because, I mean, <laughs> le- legit, seriously, the, 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 camera, the cameras we're shooting with and all of that is it's top-notch. So it's like it's even higher grade than season one, higher grade than season two. And even higher grade than season three. So look forward to that. We have some amazing actors. I think because most of our cast have worked together in the for the almost six years, we are super, super comfortable with each other. And I think the nerves that we may have had in season one are definitely gone. So you'll see, I think you'll see some you, people bring in the fucking heat with their acting. So you're gonna see some stellar performances. And one thing I love about Scales too is that all of the music that's featured is from independent artist, independent artists, and so the music is just as high. So I think people are going to be in for a pleasant, pleasant, pleasant treat when they watch season four of Scales later this year when it comes out. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it. I need to catch up on season three. Um, I'll be able to catch up on that before season four comes out, but I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see because I'm like, ooh, it, it it's a good show. It is shot very good. It's crisp. Um, and you know the the acting because you know that that's one thing that you know some people kind of like lack 
on a well to be honest it doesn't matter on any kind of production it could be big or you know on a um a smaller budget and sometimes the acting is you can't really get into it or you can tell that the people are acting but um like i was telling my boyfriend i was like one thing that you guys do pretty good is you know you just get lost in the show like you actually like you don't get hooked on the oh i can tell that they're acting like you guys just do a good job it's just natural you know what i mean yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. Because season one, I was very, very nervous because I, I will say the acting for me has always been more secondary. I'm, I'm really a behind the scenes type of guy. Like I, I'm excited to bring everyone season four. And like I said, the show's ending with season five, but I'm looking forward to retiring Remy so that I can really write and create content and not be sort of in front of the camera but behind the camera love that yeah my um you know um that were me and my boyfriend both us both being in the entertainment circle um he's you know he's more on the acting side of it um mm-hmm. and you know like any project or any uh, show, whatever that he does, like he'll always ask like my opinion. And I'm always very blunt and very honest. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I don't like that. Or, that or, you know, that or, you know, just really like honest. And when he asked me after we watched uh, the second season, he was like, oh, like, you know, what do you think? So we were just sitting there, just like drinking wine, just like watching it. And I was like, uh, I was like, I thought it was good. And he's like, you don't have anything to say? I was like, no. It was good. Like, I don't have any critique. I liked it. If I had a critique, I was like, I would have given it to you. <laughs> but I liked it. I thought it was really good. It reminded me of a, because um, one of uh, my favorite shows when I was younger, when I had to sneak and watch it, Noah's Ark. <laughs> it kind of gave that kind of uh, nostalgic feel, but it was more modern day. Like today. Oh my gosh! Thank you so much. That's I, I can't wait to hear this uh, podcast. That that really warms my heart. That's one of my favorite. Noah's Ark is was one of my favorite shows. Still is. Still, is. Mm-hmm. Like we we need more content like that in mainstream media for people to to see. Absolutely, absolutely. I I definitely um agree. Okay. I'm I'm like I would you know I'd like stuff like that. I would even like to see a um you know, a, a, a LGBTQ version of Insecure, like stuff like that. I, I love stuff like that. And it's, like you said, it, it's different. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So now switching gears um, a little bit. Um, now, when you're writing, because, you know, writer's block sometimes hits and it's frustrating, makes you just want to, throw your laptop or your notebook or whatever across the room. What is it that you do? Like when you get writer's block, like what is something that you do to kind of get past it? I actually, which people will probably, well, no, if you follow me on Instagram, you're not going to be surprised, but just dance. I put some music on and I just, I just, I just dance. I just dance. I go hard for about, 30, 45 minutes, I'll get my dancing on. And then after that, I sort of shake it off and I'm back on the computer. Like my writer's block moments 
when I get to a point of writer's block, I just step away and turn on some music and dance around the house or go outside and dance in the garage or something. But then afterwards, it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm back in. Mm. Now let me get back to my writing. That's has all that music and dancing, dancing type of thing has always been kind of like my happy place to go. And then it's sort of like a playtime recess and then get back into the writing type of thing. Okay. Okay. Um, I asked this question to a, um, a filmmaker that I had on the first season of my podcast. Um, why do you think we don't see too many uh, projects, um, you know, with leading with, you know, black projects of people of color? Why do you think we don't see too many projects where, you know, they are, you know, witches or werewolves, vampires or things like that? Like, why do you think we don't see too many of like the supernatural stuff when it comes to projects pertaining to black people. I feel like with us in our community, we get a lot of, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's more so in the real world type of things or the comedies. Um, why do you think, why don't you think we see any, you know, more action and, you know, more sci-fi, like what's your thoughts on that? You know, that's a great question. And I, I don't, I don't really have sort of, uh, answer that probably makes any sense because I'm like you. It doesn't make sense that we don't have a, a, all a, you know a cast of uh, like a, a different way of doing Charmed. I love Charmed, but I think they could have. I would have loved if Charmed. Could, what if Charmed would have been three warlocks and two of them were black and gay or something? But. I do feel that Hollywood is still trying to play catch up. I think we are seeing some movement with, you know, Black Panther, Angela Bassett getting a first time nomination for a Marvel comic as an outstanding supporting actress, I think. And of course, unfortunately, that's sort of what dictates to Hollywood what sells. So we'll probably get mm-hmm. a few more, you know, we had Woman King, although it was shut out of like the major categories but it's 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 sort of like the Bermuda Triangle man like I don't really know it's 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 hard to really put a litmus test on it because it's like I know that there are great stories that we could that could be told I know there's a there's several black Stephen Kings out there uh, Mm. with that type of you know Jordan Peele now, although no before loop, but still, I do think that we deserve the werewolf parts, the witch movies. We can do the Eve's Bayou, and I know that again is putting a mark on my age and era. But Eve's Bayou was a a great project, and when, what was the one that was on HBO? Lovecraft Country. I mean, that was oh, that was amazing, that, phenomenal. Oh, Phenomenal, and they gave it only once. I'm, I'm still not. I haven't healed from the fact that we only got one season of that. Because to be quite honest, I'm actually not really big into the sci-fi. That's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. But Lovecraft Country changed that for me. I mean, I was glued to the TV every week to watch that show. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's just I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I guess Hollywood just still got to play catch up. 
Because we can do, we it, can yeah, be in it, everything. Yeah, it's so crazy because one of my favorite shows of all time is Game of Thrones. It's Game of Thrones. Love Game of Thrones. And um, no black people. <laughs> There's no black people. However, in House of Dragons, they decided to push the envelope a bit. They did get some backlash. But we've finally seen um, a, uh, a civilization that were of black people. And I was like, damn. This is dope. Like, this, I feel like we should have this all the time. And I want to dive in on that a little bit deeper and pick your brain about, uh, about still on this topic. I was talking with some, uh, I was having a little meeting yesterday. I was talking to some friends. We were talking about music. Um, but it's kind of the same thing. I, I feel like, and tell me what you think about this. I, I feel like as, you know, creators, creators that are coming up, the creators that are next, the next big thing. Um, do you feel like creators should stop trying to, because I know, you know, it's like Hollywood is still trying to catch up and, you know, and stuff like that. But do you think it's it's time for us as creators to stop worrying about, you know, getting the attention of Hollywood and just creating the projects that, you know, we want to create or without feeling like, oh, well, you know, that might not sell or, you know, things like that. Because now we do live in a, a day and age where we have, you know, we have web series, we have web reality worlds. Like we have a whole separate entertainment industry within the online world, period. And, you know, we're already starting to shy away from cable TV. Now everything is on an app. So it's like, do we really need Hollywood? What do, what, do you, what do you think about that? Yes and no. I mean, not to sound like a politician, do we need Hollywood to for us to tell our narratives and push our content out? No. But do we need Hollywood with all the money to market us, give us the dollars, the resources to be to really be on a platform to where we can have the funding and to have the plethora of opportunities in the production part of stuff. Yes. So it's like, mm-hmm. sure, we can do it because we are, we're resourceful. That's it's in our DNA to be able to make the, make the best out of what we have. But I think it, it helps when you have a strong backing behind you when, you know, awkwardly black girl was an amazing show on, on um, YouTube. But HBO mm. was able to give them some more dollars and Insecure was a phenomenal, like to be able to do all the things that the show could do. So it's like, it's it's one of those 50-50 things. I think, yeah, we can, t- we totally don't Hollywood because we're going to just do it. But then the flip side of it is that if we want to get into the hard to get into spaces and have a plethora of resources, it's like we're still kind of we're still kind of handcuffed to Hollywood too because they're the one they're the ones that's gonna really be able to help us to reach that billion plus audience of people in the world. Right, right. Okay, okay. I love that. In um, true how to struggle form. Every guest that I have that comes onto the platform, um in the true fashion of like the title of the show, how to struggle as an entrepreneur, what is something in your career or your journey 
right now that you are currently like an obstacle that you're currently dealing with or struggling with? And how do you plan on overcoming that? Oh, jeez. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Which one do I want to pick? I (laughs) am... I know I'm I'm a lot. I, I think the one that I still struggle with is when you talk about resources, I think that's the biggest thing that gives me a headache. Like I, I get capitalism. I mean, it, it, it exists. It would make the world go around. But, you know, for Atlanta, for example, you want to shoot certain locations. Maybe it's at the park or maybe it's somewhere, wherever, on the street. Independent projects, independent creatives like ourselves, it's like they want you to get a film permit, a film permit. Then they want you to have like maybe a million dollars worth of insurance. We're independent. We don't have it. So (laughs) like sometimes I think, yes, Atlanta is a place for Hollywood, but why is it not the place for the independents? And I think... At one point, I think it was Mayor Kasim uh, Reed, there was like the Invest Atlanta, some kind of, it, I think it was a loan that you could get up to $50,000 to do a project or something. And then it, I think it evolved from a loan to maybe like a grant or something that I think our current Mayor Dickens had. And I looked at that and I was like, you don't have to give me the grant. Yes, the grant will be helpful. Give me the access. Give me that. Give me the discounted prices or partnerships with production, um, with production lenses or cameras. Give me a resource to where we can have access to studios. Not not not, not mm-hmm. knocking Tyler Perry whatsoever, because again, he has to make his money, but. Allow, you know, you know, if your studio, if you have an extra studio or if there is a one that's not being filmed on, why not let it be available to independent artists once a year for an entire month? And if the scripts are less than 30 pages, they get full access to shoot on one of your sound stages, like without it being $20,000. Like, let's not make everything such a high cost thing to try to make it happen. Like we have the passion, we have the talent. It, it, it's it's one that's something that keeps me up at night, and it frustrates me only because I'm someone who, again, independently, you know, controls this show. Season one, I had to. Well, season one, I funded the show because I wanted to prove that I could do it, and I knew people would hopefully invest. And us to do other parts of the show, but it it was hard as hell trying to shoot on location and trying to get people like I had to you know beg someone to let us shoot at Pond City Market, and the Mm -hmm. the lady finally let us do it, but it was it was a whole thing, and I'm just thinking now y'all know if if I was working for Warner Brothers Studios, she would have probably been like oh well if you put my daughter in it you can you can spend the night out here you know it's just i i i get sometimes get a little bit frustrated with the, the resources that are available for us independent 
people out here in the city that's kind of frustrating and I, I wish they could do better about it. Absolutely. And they need to start putting some respect on us, uh, independent um, creators, because we work really hard. And uh, uh, with the amount of stress and the lack of resources that we have and <clears throat> still being able to, you know, put out these projects, you putting out, you know, about to be four seasons of a show, that takes hard fucking work. Like, that is not easy at all. Um, and then on top of that, you know, not only are you in it, so you're your own talent, but you're also in charge of the whole thing. <laughs> so it, it, it's tough. I definitely, definitely understand that. Um, what is, you know, for any, uh, upcoming, you know, actors, producers, writers, um, just like anybody, what is some advice that you can give to some people out there who are like thinking about, you know, they, they, they're just too, they're like, Ooh, I don't really know. Like, what is some advice that you can give, you know, out there? Uh, the advice I would give to anybody is that it's never too late to start. It's when you don't start, mm -hmm. it becomes too late because then you never know if you don't try. And one thing, and I'm borrowing this from Issa Rae when she talks about, you know, network across and trying to network up. Let your, you know, let your tribe be, your tribe could be someone next door. Like you and I, I you I know you because one you said that you were following me and I, I thought you were familiar when I when your boyfriend told me because I'm keeping this name private too when your boyfriend told me who you were and I was like oh we follow each other because I followed you back on IG but mm -hmm. utilizing uh -huh. those connections like you may know somebody that might be can do some production work or freelance something I might be able to be a resource for you for something like use your network. And I, I say that for advice for people. Use your friends. All you need is a decent, actually, hell, you can use the cinematic feature on your iPhone and have a good story, you mm -hmm. know, to shoot something and push your content out there. Don't second guess yourself. And I mean, and understand that it's okay to, for your first one not to be okay. Accept it and move on and just keep trying to get better. There's so much knowledge and resource on YouTube and things for you to improve your writing, improve how you do your shot list and improve how you get your lighting and all that stuff. So just keep going. I mean, again, I'm not a success story, but I am someone who, as I said, the dream deferred. It was, I was 20 something in college and then fast forward 37 when I actually was like, okay, I'm going to fucking make a full-fledged web series. And here we are now going into our fourth season. So don't give up. Love that. Love that. That is, um, yeah, I, that right there, I love hearing that. Um, and that's really, that, that's really important for people to hear because, you know, I know for me, like, I was, you know, in high school, I took journalism and I had a total different writing style than everybody else. Totally different. Um, my writing style was not, like we were taught, they teach you to write a certain kind of way. They were getting us ready for college, which I didn't go to college, but they were getting us ready for college. Um, and I just knew I was going to, you know, take journalism in college. Um, but, 
you know, I felt really disappointed because my teacher would tell me all the time, like, you're interested, you're, you know, it's not good, da 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 all these other things. And I would just be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, you know, now running the podcast website and now Front Digital Magazine. And when I first, I also used to write for a magazine. And it's just like, you know, now, you know, between me and another writer, we put up articles all the time on the website. Now we write articles for our digital magazine. And it's just like, just, you know, never let, like you said, just go after it. Use your resources. Go to YouTube. Don't feel like because, you know, somebody says something that you can't do it. You never know what you can do. If you want to, I, life is too short to not be going after what you want to go after. So I'm with you 100% on that. Um, in true, so every guest that I have on, depending on what, um, industry they're in, before I let you go, I like to play a little game. Okay. Play a little game. Okay. Yes. So, right here, I have a short little list of some iconic musical movie TV shows. Okay. And I want you to pick which one. This or that. Got it. Okay. So. The first one, Rocky Horror or Little Shop? Little Shop. Ooh, why? Well, Tisha Campbell is in it, as well as Tashina Arnold and Rick Moranis. I just love that musical, Little Shop. Little Shop? Oh, wait, I forgot. This is recording. I can't sing. Because uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm not a singer, but I was... I was you're 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 a great interviewer because I got really comfortable. I was about to really start singing, but <laughs> I enjoy. I look like Seymour. Feed me like that was just it was just <laughs> iconic. I I loved I loved the Little Shop of Horrors. Like that was just a favorite one. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, what's the one you just named before that? Not Rock and Horror was was good to me. But it was something about, like, anytime Little Shop of Horrors came on TV, I would watch it. And it's 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 a classic. And not to shamelessly plug, and again, we've only met, like, one time, meaning you and I. Well, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, your boyfriend was in Little Shop of Horrors. Like, that's, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great play, movie, TV show, all of that fun stuff. Yeah, I um I always knew of because I love Rocky Horror, but I always knew of Little Shop. I never like I just never watched it. I would hear people talk about it, and I would you know just knew of it. And it was until after my boyfriend did it, and I went to go see the play for the first time. And then um just me trying to be a good boyfriend, I went to go see it almost like every weekend that he did it, and I got hooked. I love the songs. It was great. And I was like, damn, I need to go watch the movie now. And to this day, I play <laughs> I play some of those songs all the time because I love it. It's great. Um, let's see. Okay, so next one: Grease or Hairspray? Oh, um, I'm gonna have to say Grease. Ooh, okay. Why? Well, a couple of reasons, and oh, Lord, one I even to this day I still kind of have a crush on John Travolta. I've always loved him. So I think that has something to do with it. But then... Wait, John Travolta now or um, then? Then and now, kind of. Like, I like the ball head goatee look on John Travolta. But <laughs> I enjoyed... And see, once again, you almost caught me. I was about to start singing it. 
But you know, you're the one that I want. <laughs> you know, ooh, 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 you're the one that I want. Like uh-huh. I, it's a feel, it's a feel good musical like to me. And I don't get me wrong, hairspray too. For and that, you're talking about the hairspray that started Ricky Lake playing the lady. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it was good too. But for me, whenever they show, like when Olivia and John died and they ran the Grease Marathon on TV, I watched it probably about a good three or four times. And I was like, oh yeah, this is my jam. It, it's, a, it, it's a feel good, it's a feel good in a different kind of way. Hairspray is a little bit, uh, it's a feel good, but it's kind of like, uh, what's the right word? It's, it, it's a more racy feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the right word. Okay. Yeah, I can agree to that. Okay, okay. Uh, did you watch Grease live when they did no. it? No. No. Was that the one? Was John Legend? I, I, I like that. I think Kiki Palmer. Oh, okay. I was going to say this John Legend. No, Kiki Palmer. No, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. That was that was that was pretty good. They did a pretty good job. Um, Devil Wears Prada or Breakfast oh, at Tiffany's. Oh, no. It's obviously. Devil wears Prada. Like nothing is better than I mean, I quote Devil Wears Prada moments throughout the day. It's part of my existence. That was I mean, that's a great, 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 great movie of all time. Breakfast at Tiffany's, once again. Well, you need to um No, I say like, Breakfast at Tiffany's, I've seen it a couple of times with Audrey Hepburn. Beautiful, great, great, great. But it has Nothing on the Devil Wears Prada. I mean, Devil Wears Prada. I will. Twenty five years from now, Devil Wears Prada will be what Breakfast at Tiffany is to maybe someone who's like seventy eight or so years old, <laughs> because it's just so iconic. Uh huh. You need to get on my boyfriend because he did not watch Devil Wears Prada. What? He's never no, seen I, it. No, are you serious? He's never seen it. Oh, wait. Well, I'm dead serious. Write him off the show. Like, I can't believe that shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you... Dude, when this I'm is so over, serious. I'm going to text him be like, what the hell? Like, no. Curse, curse his ass out. I said, what? That is a classic. A classic. I also have nothing. Get him. Dude. I, I, I almost don't know what to say because I'm like, how could you not watch that? <laughs> Isn't that so crazy? Yeah, when I uh, when I I was like, wait, wait, let's pause. Oh this. my what? gosh! Ow. I feel like everybody see that was product. Come on now. Come question: on. Can I ask you a question? Okay. This is a yeah. TV, this is TV show slash movie because I I. I I'm not super super good with it, so I'm gonna ask you: Pose or Brokeback Mountain? Brokeback Mountain. Ah, oh, and why? Brokeback Mountain because now I, I like Pose because I just mm-hmm. moving to Atlanta, you know. And um, what is that other shit? What god damn? What is the competition show that they just canceled? Um. Where they the the competition show, where they were doing ballroom. Damn, Kiki Palmer was on it as a judge, right? With Lara, yes. is that the one? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of it. Um, but... 
Yeah, that show. Um, so I just got introduced to um, Ballroom. Um, so, you know, I, I thought it was great, you know, them telling that story. Um, and then it being, you know, Black, Latino, and, you know, um, a diverse, um, you know, cast and stuff like that. Love that. Um, but the reason why I chose Brokeback Mountain is because... I like the storytelling of two masculine men, you know, integrating with each other. I love that. I've always wanted to write a project similar to that and not, not too similar, but with the same kind of uh, blueprint. So to me, I was like, that is like, I like pushing the envelope, you know, pose is great because it opened up to, you know, a, a different kind of world, but you got two masculine men falling in love on a camping trip. That is pushing the envelope beyond measures and is going to piss people off. And I like creating content. I like, you know, pushing, you know, the limits of certain things. Hell, I have, you know, even just with this podcast, being about business and entrepreneurship, people be, uh, I love the support that I get, but I also get backlash from people like, you curse too much. I can't listen to this at work. I can't do da da da. And it's like, well, it's not for you. <laughs> so that's why I choose Brooklyn Mountain. Got it. Okay. It's my favorite too. So I mean, I would, I would, yeah, I just was trying to get something complicated, difficult. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I got three more for you. Uh, uh, the next uh, one is uh, Friday or Boys in the Hood? Dude, uh, that's. T- it's going to get harder. The last two are hard. Well, I will. I'll, I'll have to go with Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. Because when uh, Morris Chestnut got gunned down, I was like, no. No, no. That's like the mm-hmm. saddest thing for me. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I got to go with Boys in the Hood. Okay, okay. And who are you ready for this one? No, sound like a TV guy. It's gonna be hard. Okay, friends or living single? Oh shit, living single. Living single. Yes, we know living single was friends. They stole the idea and created friends, right? You know the story about that, don't you? Like living single. I, you know, I actually just. I want to say probably a couple of years ago, I just found out the, you know, that whole thing. And I was like, damn, that is, that's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Living Singles was my thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I will watch Friends every now and then because they had some funny moments too. But my, I guess my generation, one thing I, and Gosh, this is gonna make me sound super old, which is okay because I own it. But my generation, there was a lot of people that looked like me on TV when I grew up. I had Family Matters, I had Living Single, I had Martin, I had A Different World. There were shows where I constantly had that representation, and that just brings a great era of. They don't really have shows like that anymore. I don't. I can't even name 
I can't even, can I name a show that has an entire, Bel Air does, let me stop saying, Bel Air does on Peacock, but there's not a lot, they don't really have lineups like that anymore where you have like your Martin, your Living Single, then you have like the Cosby Show followed by a different world, like you saw yourself back to back Thursday nights, that was your lineup, or Friday nights with Family Matters, like you got to see yourself on screen in a different way, I guess. Like, you don't get to really see that now. You do see people of color and members of, you know, LGBTQ plus community are everywhere in a show or something, but you don't see it like how Pose was, you know, I don't want to say a, a black show, but you don't really see that sort of beauty of cinema where it is sort of a, a all black cast anymore or or they're part of that family lineup like they used to do back in the right. day. So so before I before I do the last one, I do want to double down on the other so you you picked Living Single. Now the, yeah. this wasn't it's kind of wasn't in the same era, but uh Living Single or Girlfriends. Oh shit. Dude, I uh I don't. I don't want to pick, but <laughs> I. If, but oh shit! Um, all right, I, I will. Shit, I will go with girlfriends. Like, girlfriends was such a great show. I did with Tony Child the season she wasn't on there, but for five seasons, I think. Five of those seasons, that was probably some of the best TV ever. It was funny. I loved each one of them. Joan and um, Lynn, they all had Maya. They, it was it was a great show. I enjoyed that show. Was that show was a show that I could have taken two or three more seasons of it. I would love for them to do a. Uh, I, would, I would love for them to actually do a, a spin up of. It bring that show back, like how they were able to bring Will and Grace back, I think they mm-hmm. could actually bring girlfriends back because those women, it would be good to see where they are at, where they're at now and like how they would interact with each other now type of thing. It leads for a season. I'd want to see Yeah, that, that was uh, definitely TV TV gold. Sometimes I do just randomly go back and watch episodes because I, I tell people, I'm like, it is fucking hilarious. It is hilarious. Beyond. Funniest TV I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. So here's my last one. Martin or Fresh <sighs> Prince? I knew that's where you were going. I somehow <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. I'm going to have to say Martin because Martin was funny on a different level than Fresh Prince. I mean, Fresh Prince was good, but Martin was just downright. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> Shanene, uh you just. Bro, man, like you just, you, Martin, Martin, Martin gave you laughs in a way that the Fresh Prince, it couldn't. It's like two different. No, it was Martin all the way. I, I, one thing that I, um, uh, you know, I, I, I am kind of young. I was born ninety four, but I do. Oh, you just said that out loud, <laughs> dude. Well, you can. Let me tell you. I'm not about to say mine out loud, but wow, you just said that out loud. Okay. <laughs> you know, 94, so I, I did have, it, you know, um, the 
I was blessed to be able to, you know, be in the times or see, you know, the shows from like the 90s and things like that. And I really wish that we could go back to that because we don't get the same comedy now because also, and I'm pretty sure you can, um, you know, you can probably understand this part a little bit, just being a creator. Um, we do live in a sensitive time right now where like people are just so sensitive about everything, everything. And it's just like, you cannot, like we no longer have shows with the certain comedy that we used to get before, like, you know, American pie and, you know, all those shows. Like we will never get that. Anything come out like that. Kidding me. They'll be canceled. They'll be done. Um, I, I do wish that we could, you know, kind of get that comedy back because Martin was just on a whole different level type of funny. Dude, it was, oh gosh, you're right. Yeah. Martin was, We'll never get that. Yeah, that'll never, we'll never get that era back again. Which is interesting because if you look at the history of television, I mean, I, some parts I totally understand, uh, especially like Norman Lear. Sanford and Son and show Archie Bunker, All in the Family shows where were comedy, but where there still was segregation and the continuous use of the N word, and not in a way for the culture, but in a way of segregation type of thing, racist stereotype. Uh, but mm-hmm. they were comedies that people watched. Our families watched them, and mm-hmm. so it's like it evolved into an era of, you know, 80s, 90s television where you had the Martin and shows where they definitely would be uh, canceled, culture canceled too, because of the nature of thing. And you're right, we won't get that back. But I just feel like it's the evolution. It's the evolution of, I guess, media, the medium that we're in. Because I think now in certain shows, they would be so censored to where the humor wouldn't the humor wouldn't reach the audience that's gonna actually be watching it, which would be people that are in my category of of maturity. Like <laughs> so I'm just gonna leave it there because once again I'm not I'm not putting my age out here on front street like that. But I, <laughs> I applaud the ninety four. I applaud the ninety four you share it. That, that's awesome. I love it. Love it. Yes, yes. But Patrick, I want to thank you so much for coming on and especially doing it last minute. I was like, is tomorrow at nine? He was like, absolutely. I appreciate you for coming on. I had a great time. I hope you had a great time. Um, where can the people follow you? Where can they watch scales and all that? Sure. Well, first I thank you. Thank you. I, I mean I this was fun. This was so I wasn't sure. I haven't done a, a podcast interview or any of this in quite some time. Uh, so this was, this was hella fun. Uh, I, this was, it was fun. I, I can't get over how fun this was or the fact of the hard TV questions you gave me. And now I'm going to have to go back and watch Grease and, uh, Hashford. <laughs> but if you want, if you want, if you want, you can check out Scales, the web series on YouTube. There are a couple of episodes on YouTube. Seasons one and two can be found on reverytv.com or iElevate.com also. And you can follow me on the gram 
and look at me trying to talk young. It is I my, <laughs> my, my IG is I am Patrick Madonna, all one word. And yeah, check out my IG though. I'm pretty I'm pretty chill. I dance a little bit. I talk on my IG, but I definitely talk about the creative life. So looking forward to connecting with those out there listeners. Dope, dope, dope. Before we go, do you have any questions for me? Anything? Any last words? <clears throat> um, I, I just, only last words I'd probably say is keep doing what you're doing. Like this is this is how we get. This is how we build those spaces. The 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 eco the ecosystems of black creatives and being able to put our stamp. Because I, I'm sure you look at this this way, but I look at the same way I look at scales. I hope you look at your show and what you're developing as 50 to 80 years from now, we won't be here. But the work that we mm-hmm. did is here. So you're you're leaving your legacy for the next generation to discover and listen to and be like, wow, this was something you were here, even though you may not physically be here. They're, the fruits mm-hmm. of your labor will be here. So I definitely hope that you will continue to keep doing this because man, you are a natural and I really, I really appreciate being able to spend this time and being on your uh being on your being on your show. This was dope, man. Much respect. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. Yes, and you are so you're so right. That's why, you know, like I said, it's just you know, just knowing that it's like, as far as we know, we only have one life. So it's just kind of like, wow, I don't, I want to spend whatever time that I do have on this earth, just doing whatever it is that, you know, that I want to do. Cause I just feel like, why not? I don't know what tomorrow brings. So, <laughs> but yes, yes. And I thank everybody for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at underscore struggle pod or check out the website for bonus content at howtostrugglepod.com. Until next time, Patrick, again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Sure, thank you.